As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Previously on Vikings. Parsons lined up on the near side, standing up and trying to attack. Cousins, here comes Parsons! Parsons got him from behind and the ball is out! And the Cowboys recover! It was Parsons! Coming around his man and getting to him from behind, and Armstrong has the recovery. Get a matchup you like? I don't know. It's against Zach Martin. Good luck. Going deep. Pollard has the catch, and no one will touch him again. Touchdown, Dallas. The only thing I'm to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. Wow. What a game. Holy crap. I'm still on a uh, on an absolute adrenaline rush from this one. Did not expect it to go down like this, but super happy that it did. And we're here to break it all down for you, John. Put put away the champagne. You can you can toast to this win after. God, hey, John. John, put, called put your plane ticket to the Super Bowl after the pod. We got a pod to do. Come on. John. John called it. He he picked the Cowboys. He, 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 yeah, he did. That's what I mean. He's <laughs> he's in celebration mode for a lot of reasons. Uh, we'll get right into this one. I'm Kent. We've got Father John in Minnesota. We've got Saad Yusuf here from The Athletic. And KT is here to lead us through this big win. Hey, KT. Hey, uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and start out with a little hot take. I'm really going to scorch the Cowboys. It's time now. The first, the, the negative thing, I'm going to start with that guy out of the way. The negative of today's game is they'll never play like that again. They probably topped out today. That's a, that's the God, best they could play, God. right? Two seconds in, it's like <laughs> downer. That's the best they could play, right? Like that's. Oh uh, yeah, everything went right. Doesn't mean it can't go right again. No, I think they could have get. Let's see. Hold up. You could have gotten a defensive score. No, yeah, I mean, the Kelvin that, Joseph. Yeah. Pass interference, maybe. Well, Let's get rid of that. That special team um, touchdown, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously, when I picked them, I did not think that they would the game would be like this. I did it. I picked them because you guys all picked the Cowboys, and I was just going against the grain. Uh, I was shocked all week that they went between a one and a half to a two point favorite. I was, I just didn't understand it with how well the Vikings have been playing, eight and one coming in this game. What the Cowboys looked like in the second half against the Packers, you know, I thought. I thought it would be a close game to the very end. And I thought the Vikings would probably find some way to pull it out just because they seem to be, I don't know. They seem to be just heading in the right direction where the Cowboys didn't, but um, 
I, I will say to me, the play of the game was on that first series when, and I know so much happened after that, that you can point to, but when Micah gets that sack fumble, it just, I mean, it, not only is it just three plays in, and I know they only get a field goal off of it, but it just seemed like it set the tone for the rest of the game. And so, you know, when I'm talking after the game, Micah and Demarcus Lawrence, they talked about how on that play, the way that Kirk Cousins looked after that, they said was never the same, like was rushing himself, like wasn't getting through his progressions the same way. And they both pointed to that play too, that they were like, yeah, some, some, there was just something there that he just didn't look right after that. And I thought that was kind of interesting because yeah, no one's going to sit here and tell you that Kirk Cousins is like a top five quarterback. People probably would argue that you, know, you should never even put him in the top 10, but with the weapons he has, I think he's good enough that I don't think they're an eight and one fraud. Like maybe they're a game above yeah. what they should be, but they have a lot of talent, you know, on this team. I never thought that this, that, that they were going to have the outcome that they did today. And, and, and one other thing I want to point out real quick is without question, this is the toughest road environment in terms of noise that the Cowboys play in. Mm. You know, Philadelphia fans hate them. If you're a Cowboy fan, that's probably the last stadium that you want to be in to watch a game as a fan. But in terms of loud noise and affecting, you know, play calls and things like that, and there's no place that they play that's louder than this. And the craziest thing is that they've won the last three years here with three different quarterbacks. Dak, Dak, Last year was Cooper Rush. Year before that was was Andy Dalton. For some reason, it just doesn't make any sense. Because I'm telling you, this place gets ridiculously loud, and I thought that was going to cause some some problems, and it just never did. Yeah, I think I, I think you're right, John. I think that first drive that that sack strip sack really set the tone. But for me, the other two play sequence, um, obviously, there's so much to pick from. And I'm sure we'll get into everything from CD's catch and Tony and Pollard and all that, but. Uh, but for me, it was also that that first drive after the after the uh, first drive of the third quarter, coming out of the half, where first Sam Williams just bull rushes um, into the end zone, and then Dante Fowler on the next play gets a sack. And for me, I think it was just like you know that 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 kind of thing of you're not going to relent and you're going to just keep the you know you're going to keep the pressure on the Vikings because you know you the score was out the score was uh, it was a wide margin, but I wouldn't say it was out of hand like. I mean, it wasn't like you know. If at that point the Vikings come back, it would have, like, I mean, it would have been a, it would have been, it would have been a major comeback. Not, I'm not dismissing that, but I'm just saying, like, for me, that gave kind of the message that you know that this is going to just keep going. And I thought it was very indicative of the entire game too. Like when you look at just the pressure that Kirk Cousins faced, um, and I think it was also not by Demarcus Lawrence or Micah Parsons. So that's another reason why those two plays kind of stood out to me, where it's like even those quote unquote depth guys are just, you know, getting after Kirk cousins. I absolutely think like game flow totally matters for this team because, you know, Minnesota, if they were in a situation, if they wanted to, they could have kept getting five yards of carry with Dalvin cook, you know, but it got so out of hand by halftime that that wasn't an option. I mean, I think he had eight carries for 45 yards at halftime, you know, but we're talking about a 20 point game at halftime. And there you go. Well, not going to be able to do that. And then Darisaw gets hurt. And I know that was kind of a difference. But it's interesting you said that they all kind of mentioned or, or, you know, let it be known. Yeah, Kirk really wasn't the same after he got hit the first time. That's one thing about Kirk Cousins that's always really stood out is I don't know if it's happy feet. I don't know if it's like, first of all, let me just say this. I'm not saying that he's not tough, but it always felt like a guy who would, throw the ball in the dirt to not take a sack, which is a smart play sometimes, right? 
definitely just the way his body reacts to like pressure always he just always seems uncomfortable and that happened today seven sacks good lord and there it is pin your uh say pin your ears back right you can do that the whole game and you don't have to worry about stopping the run when you're up by 20 that's why that game was so perfect and the offense did their job to to where it's not close anymore so i mean there's nothing bad to say about that thing that thing was awesome that was a heck of a win man I just feel like this team goes the way Micah goes, you know, Micah said after the game, you know, he wasn't happy with how he played against the Packers. I mean, there just weren't enough times where you noticed him and he's just too good of a player to to go through a full game where you're like, you know, I haven't really noticed anything from Micah. You know, I'm not saying he's got to make a play every series, but you think that just how talented he is, there's a game changing play in him once a game, maybe twice a game at least. And again, I think when we see the final snap count, I think there was a little bit more on, uh, rushing on the edge as opposed to the linebacker. He did have the one pressure up the middle where he lined up as a linebacker. And I still believe you need to use him in a variety of ways. But there was a part of me, I expected him to be on the defensive line more this game than he was against Green Bay. But then when you get news before the game that Anthony Barr tweaked his hamstring on Saturday in, in their practice, I was like, oh, that might mean more, you know, they might have to adjust on the fly and put line, Micah more at linebacker just because Barr isn't going to be back like they thought he would be. But how they used him today, I mean, obviously they're just, that. I mean, he, he looked he looked like the best defensive player in football today, and I just felt like everybody followed after that. I mean, Dax certainly, this is the best game Dax played this season. Tony Pollard was incredible. Uh, he just, I mean... <laughs> Every time, every time that he makes one of those big, you know, whatever, 60-yard, 50-yard pass plays, you're just like, man, they got to resign this guy. You know, this this team will not be the same if they just let him walk. You're not just going to find another guy like that uh, in the third round or something like that. And, and if you do, maybe it's a guy that doesn't contribute like that for a couple of years. So I don't know uh, what they're going to do about that. But, I mean, I was, now is not the time to have to worry about that. But, yeah, there's there was tons of – Tons of big plays. I, th- I also thought it was interesting how they struggled a little bit on the goal line early on, and then they give the ball to Zeke, and he and he, and he punches it in. There was another time where Zeke had that, where obviously Tony Pollard is the big run guy, but Zeke is still that physical runner that still is picking up that, that yard or two when they need it most in, in big moments, coming off the knee injury. I didn't know that we are necessarily going to see that. I just can't believe that we're talking about a blowout and, and I don't know that the receivers really had some huge game uh, that, you know, you would think they'd have to have to, to put up the points that this team did. It just, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, it's like I was saying to somebody after the game that this is why I don't bet on sports. I mean, for this to be game, to be a point and a half. And then for that to like, who would have ever thought that that would have happened like that? I mean, that just, I mean, so the earlier game that the, you know, the, the, Got a media oh, media Wi Fi situation going uh, on. Uh, just because I was following the game, obviously, because the Cowboys never thought I never thought it was going to be as, this bad. Yeah, no, no, I think uh, what forty to three is going to. Yeah, I'll even yeah, come back if you can, John. Um, if you can hear me, but go ahead, KT. Yeah, John's a little choppy for a minute. You know, Minnesota had not lost a game in sixty three days. So, yeah, uh, but you look at their. Their, the loss to the Eagles early in the year, and that was 24 to 7. And then they'd kind of gone on a run. But, you know, we talked about it leading up to it. I don't know that anyone thought they were world beaters, but we knew Minnesota was good. And to hold, you know, Justin Jefferson, there's the guy that scares you to hold him to three catches for 33 yards. 
you know, that shuts down things. And that is not necessarily, and I'm not disrespecting the coverage. To me, I don't know how much of that is a coverage thing. To me, it's also, it's just the fact that Kirk Cousins knew he didn't have time. So he was looking at the pass rushers the whole game. And if the strength of this team is the pass rush, and that kind of came into question maybe last week a little bit, maybe it shouldn't have, but it did. And that was really because of the run defense. I think yeah. that allowed it to b- become a question, but there's your strength of the team. But to see that coincide with the offense finally getting back on track, and his numbers aren't big, but Michael Gallup, three for 41. Michael Gallup at least looks springy today for the first time all year. So you kind of see some signs of where the offense could get going too, not to mention Odell Beckham tweeting after the game that, uh, they went crazy today. So, you know, there's some things there will kind of make you make you look forward to the future a little bit. I mean, I, you, how could you not walk away from this game today and go, Dang, maybe man. we're the favorites? Maybe? Yeah. Maybe we could be the favorites in the NFC? Well, well uh, uh, I found it interesting, too, the fact that the reports come out this morning that it's – hold on, sorry uh, – that it's between the Giants and the Cowboys. And I'm like, is that close? Seriously? Like, you left – Cleveland because of Baker Mayfield. You're going to play with Daniel Jones, who can't get on the same page with Kadarius Tony. Couldn't get on the same page with Kenny Galladay to the point where there. I think there was a completion today where the fans started cheering because he finally completed a pass to Kenny Galladay. Like you're going to really go there. And uh, I was talking about it with another reporter, and uh, they brought up a good point. They go, "Well, you do need two teams because you need leverage." And I was like, "Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense because I just I don't understand how it's close. I really I really don't." Um, and uh, and then Jerry after the game. Uh, about, I don't know, 15 minutes ago, you know, we asked him about it and he confirmed that they're going to meet. It'll be after Thanksgiving game. So it'll be after Thursday. Uh, he wouldn't be specific about what day. Cause I honestly don't know if he knows for sure, but Jerry said, he goes, it's time for us to sit down and, and meet with them. So keys there will obviously be the medical, see where the knees at, see when he could potentially come back. And I think then your contract talks fall in behind that, but there's no question whether today's blowout win or last week's disappointing loss neither of them changed their interest in Odell Beckham. They're very interested that they, they want him on this team. Uh, you know, they, they think that he can take this offense to another level. Uh, you know, Jerry said after the game, he thinks this is a championship contender team, uh, Super Bowl contending team. So uh, I don't see why you wouldn't have interest in, in, in adding him. And it seems like uh, they have as good a shot as anybody. Yeah. And I mean, after the game, you had all the players too. You had Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Demarcus Lawrence, let him know, make the right decision. Like, the players want him too, and and I think Odell Beckham Jr. is a guy who kind of comes in and uh, and and you know fits right into that mix of players, like those kind of players, those like uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons type, who have some swag to them and everything. Odell is that kind of guy. Like you know, we talked about it before um, with uh, Amari Cooper not necessarily being that guy, not not in terms of skill on the field or talent or anything like that. Amari again today crushing it. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm just talking about. Like, you know, guys that like, you know, like you could just kind of hang out with and chill with. And I feel like Odell would mix really well with all those kind of guys. Yeah, no, no, I 100% believe that. And it, what you're asking him to do, though, is maybe less if we're starting to see little signs of Michael Gallup starting to. Oh, crazy with the K? Oh, this is serious. He spelled crazy <laughs> with the K. They went crazy today with a K and a Z-Y. Wow. Yeah. And, Expect and, Odell and, to land in Dallas any minute now. He's serious. You know, 
Man, Within can you just imagine though if they go cheap on him, he signs somewhere else, and and then then and then and oh, then with the, the eyes emoji. Out. Oh man, it's serious, real serious. And then it and then it gets out that the reason that he didn't sign with them and he wanted to be with them, but uh, the, they their offer was even in the same ballpark. Oh my lord, fan the fan base is gonna lose their minds if that's what happens. Yeah, it's it's definitely the the Giants don't feel like a realistic destination and. You know, John, you've brought up points about why some of these other teams, these uh, kind of outdoor teams like the Bills don't make a ton of sense. Maybe the Chiefs don't make a lot of sense. You know, all that stuff is cool. But if Michael Gallup is starting to look a little bit better and get on the same page, it's a game where if you needed to throw the ball, you could imagine a world where Michael Gallup would have had six or seven catches. They didn't need to. Okay, that was uh, what, 30, 30 passes, I think. Uh, uh, 25. 20, uh, 25, okay. So, I mean, yeah. kind, of get, kind of get in that world where it's like, well, it doesn't really uh, – didn't really, yeah, 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 the other five were, were Cooper Rush. You get in that world of, well, we were running the ball so effectively. And you know what? It, it's – when you have these conversations, it always goes like uh, uh, Tony versus Zeke. It's not that. They're better together. Um, it doesn't have to be uh, a number count that we look at at the end of games. But if you're a human being and you watch that game, it's clear that Tony Pollard is the more effective runner. So I, it doesn't really bother me that you know Zeke starts and we go as Zeke goes, and you know they were using Zeke to kind of get a first down. It doesn't really bother me. I think it would bother me in a key game where every possession matters because. Let me tell you, when this team is unstoppable is when they're ahead by 14 or 17 or 20. And you can say, okay, T, we were up by 14 last week. Last week's different, right? We've, we finally, fundamentally, I've even admitted there's a boogeyman element in play, okay, with last week in Green Bay. Here, this team literally, at halftime, we all knew that was over, right? You can tell yeah. from a body language standpoint, I was not thinking at all about demons of last week at halftime. I was like, well, no. we're just going to – there's there's nothing they can do. The pass rush is back. And now maybe that it has to do with Micah being a game record being back. But this game, uh, you knew at halftime. <laughs> Didn't it feel like the Micah um, – not the Micah. The Maher field goal was a huge momentum just to keep the momentum in Dallas's favor. Yeah. You know, that a timeout. And if he misses that, it's just like, oh, that maybe the, here they come. And then and then you've got, you've got some problems. But go ahead, Side. No, I, I was I, going back to KT's point real quick. I think the uh, the the uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard split. I think you know each got 15 carries, and you know Tony Pollard out obviously massive in the passing game. Six targets, had six catches. But I think you know this is this is this was a very textbook display of how they should be used, in my opinion. Like even on that first touchdown, you're down at the two yard line. You try to run Tony Pollard a couple of times and doesn't work, and then Zeke punches it in. And then Zeke's second touchdown as well, where he got kind of stood up, and it was a it was a second effort touchdown that he kind of spun into the end zone on the goal line. And then you see the kind of runs that Tony Pollard had, even whether it's whether it's yak or whether it's you know straight up running the ball. I think that's Tony Pollard's strength. And and I agree with you. I think you gotta use them both together and and there's no shame in that. Like Zeke, you're not dragging Zeke from a player standpoint, I think, again, you have to separate the player from the contract 
maybe you're dragging his contract a little bit, but you're not dragging Zeke. He has value to this team, and, and I think both players showed what they can do in this game. And what they can do is different, though. Like, this is yeah. where – and this is where in a close game, if you use them equally, it becomes a problem. And we can have that discussion after a close game that doesn't go well, right? That That's that's how that, that ends up. But they featured Tony Pollard today, uh, and you saw it in the passing game. And that's where you kind of go, okay, now we're cooking – Tony Pollard's ever on a linebacker. The ball needs to go to Tony Pollard, and and that was that was awesome to see. But and also, also that play. Uh, I mean, you're talking a very is it too is it too echoey in here? You're fine. Just go for it. We're good. I'm 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 literally I've went through every single place. You got I, a good I, connection. Yeah, you're you're good. Roll with it. It's like I can't I can't go out into the concourse here because then the That's door great. will lock. But uh, no, it's funny uh, when these games are over, everybody leaves and internet doesn't work in certain spots that it would normally work in. So, uh, it's always a mystery. Uh, and it's funny cause this is probably next to AT&T stadium, the most beautiful stadium there is. So, um, no, I was going to say, but Dak, Dak also helps in that situation. Cause he was just very accurate today. You know, who's to say that yeah. maybe in a previous game, he doesn't hit Tony Pollard on that throw perfectly. You know, um, he just was, uh, uh, there weren't a ton of just wow throws, but it just, everything that was there, he seemed to be making a pre- precise, like, you know, knew exactly where he wanted to go with the ball. Uh, so I thought him having his best game was was very key. You know, I thought Micah was the MVP, but but Dak was right there with how steady he was able to keep the offense. Uh, a key play for me, even though it was really early in that drive, that first that first play where he should have been sacked, he should have lost 12 yards, he gets out of it, he ends up still getting a yard, they end up scoring on that drive. Like little things like that, that's the stuff that we're used to seeing Dak doing where you're like, yeah, you know what? There's there's kind of an it factor there. There's something, you know, there's something going on here. And the rest of the team just seems to follow when stuff like that happens. And so uh, he definitely deserves a ton of credit for this game because, you know, he he he, try, he plays it off that he doesn't hear the outside noise. And, and he'll talk about how he's not on social media and he's not watching those shows and stuff like that. But, you know, there obviously there was talk about how, hey, he hasn't been great lately. And, and you know, he hasn't really played a great game in a while. Probably for me, I would say that the last time he played a game, against a good opponent up to this point is probably before he got the calf injury and, and they beat uh, new England in overtime, you know, and that's a long time ago. And why else I think this was really important for him to have this game is because you don't want to follow that same pattern that they had last year, where, you know, you get out to that hot start then you lose at Kansas city and then you lose on Thanksgiving to the Raiders. And then just everything was not the same again after that. And so you didn't want to fall into that where all of a sudden it's like, what if they lose this one? And then all of a sudden, you know, Four days later, you have the Giants and, uh, you know, you're on short rest and 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 then things start spiraling out of control. Well, not only do you stop the bleeding, you reestablish yourself as you absolutely belong to be in the conversation with anybody else in this league uh, to be able to make a run as long as you stay healthy, you know. And, and by the way, it sounds like everything's good with Micah. He obviously went back in the game. But why is he going back in the game? Makes no sense at all to me. I know he wants to go back in, but... That, he's not coaching the team. Don't put him back in the game. But he said his knee got, his leg got rolled up on, but it was nothing, you know, obviously serious enough for him to leave the game. But, uh, and, and then he was able to come back in, but those are the type of things, you know, you lose a Micah Parsons, uh, you know, you leave Tony Pollard and he gets, uh, dinged up or something like that. That those are the things that you, that you can't have, but if they are able to stay relatively healthy, this team can hang with anybody. I mean, you play like this today. I mean, you're beating anybody in the NFL, obviously. 
Yeah, and yeah. I think I, I think along with the Dak point, John, like I, we're talking about kind of some of the more underrated p- plays that he made. You talked about that run he had. Straight up, I think, you know, maybe top two play in the game for him. I, that second Tony Pollard touchdown was just such a dime. But that, that throw to C.D. Lamb, when you get the ball back and you're supposed to run out the clock right. and you're supposed to go in at, at 20 to 3 or whatever and then taking nothing away from C.D. because, man, that was an amazing catch too. But that throw on the run, uh, rolling out to your right to put it in that spot was just was just perfect. Yeah, it's, it reminds you of those. Uh, I, know, I thought about two plays at the Terrence Williams in 2014. You know, <laughs> yeah, Seattle. but also on the other side of the field, the Rodgers to Jared Cook, like right before yeah. half, and it's just the and you know coming into it, there's all these uh, talk about. Uh, I think this is more like Cowboys fans maybe talking about this. Maybe there's some you know, media that talks about this. Your Dax record coming into this game, I believe, was 18 and 24 against teams with winning records. Um, Kirk Cousins' record against teams with winning records, I believe, was 10 and 40 coming into today. So make it 10 and 41 and make Dak 19 and 24. You saw who the better quarterback was today. Now maybe Dak looks a little different if he gets sacked seven times. So. But yeah, you say like that. You say a chance, that, and maybe that's Micah. I don't know, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you say that, and I think that some people are thinking that. Well, now because it was a blah. Well, Minnesota is really not that good. No, they're they're still a really good team. They're still yeah, this they're is fine. a playoff team. This isn't like I mean to beat Buffalo. Uh, you know, that's pretty impressive to me. The way they did that in Buffalo. Uh, I don't know. That, I I still think this is a really good team. This to me is the most impressive win the Cowboys have had. I mean, maybe since 16. I can't think of yeah, another yeah. one in the last few years. Probably 2016 when they went on that run. Uh, I just, them winning isn't isn't some big shocker to me. Doing it yeah. the way they did, stunning. There's just nobody. I, I will never believe there's not a player on this team. Jerry Jones, the most diehard fan. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody. Yeah, I know. And it's, uh, this is way different than 43 to three against the Falcons last year, right? Right. And, and there's this weird line, and this is where the NFL is so brilliant, but also so quirky at times. Yes, weird line where you have the Washington Commanders at six and five, uh, the Atlanta Falcons are at five and six, and they can sneak into the playoffs. And, um, the Giants are seven and three, all right? And they ain't good. You know, the same record as the Cowboys. The Vikings definitely separated themselves from some of those teams, much like the Cowboys have, no matter what they're – they've definitely done that. Whereas you can look at the Giants and go, they haven't separated themselves. You can flip the Giants and maybe 49ers record, and you go, oh, okay, yeah, that, they, there's where things kind of make sense a little bit. And that's where the yeah. NFL is strange. This is where a short week – do not mess around with the Giants on Thursday. I'm not saying you got to beat them 40-3. to but you need to go beat the Giants by 10, 15 points. Well, 15 is ridiculous in the NFL. But you can go beat the Giants by 10 points or by two scores on Thursday at home with the Jonas Brothers at halftime. Now, if you which, can't get up for the Jonas Brothers at halftime, I mean, why are we even playing the game? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I, I think real quick, uh, the, the point that I do want to make, KT, is, is, uh, is, is that I, I, we didn't expand on Kent's point, which I think is, is really important as well, about Brett Maher. I mean – I know, I know he hit like back-to-back 60 yarders is ridiculous in, in any way, which by the way, I'm not, I am like fans, even stars fans, everyone hates me for how much I will never blame the refs. Like I refuse 
to blame referees. I just I, I just think those things even out over the course of a game and season or whatever. But what the hell was that? Like, that was so weird about why they, they took that long to review. But for him to hit back-to-back 60-yarders and then you think about where this team was in training camp and how Brett Maher was literally plan C for them and, like, it... it it's impressive what he's doing and I think it's underrated because we'd be talking a lot more about this it's kind of like you know the center snapping or whatever like until things go wrong you don't really think about it too much and 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 Brett Maher you know man he he was he he delivered today too you don't think Jonathan Garibay would have made those kicks (laughs) hey Hey, KT sold me on him I didn't even know anything about him and then KT sold me on him and I was all on the train I'm telling you I'm telling you, uh, it's complete opposite prank. of Brett Maher. That he couldn't make one last time. Now he can't miss. It's it's unbelievable. It's a complete 180 of Brett Maher. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, a couple quick things. It's like a little kind of maintenance type stuff here. Oh, um, one more real quick before you get to that. Yeah. Um, and after seeing that, I still, I still don't. Uh, I'm not kicking that field goal in Green Bay in overtime. Oh no no no! I just yeah. I, I don't know. I just I agree because right there are people like talking about that still, and I'm just like, no, they Dez absolutely was did talking the right about thing. it. They absolutely did the right <laughs> thing. You do not put you do not put that guy. way know. different. I mean, kicking in this place compared to kicking in Lambo. Two far different things. And then the other part is like, you didn't think the Green Bay was going to come back and get three? Like, I, 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 obviously you don't like the result, but the plan to, to go for it on fourth and three in that situation, I'm doing that all day, even with Maher. Yeah. And KT, one last thing I'll add on for me on the game. And this is, I'm going to be Debbie Downer here and, and kind of be the dark side. I'm sorry. I, I'm still not a believer on, uh, I, I'm not a believer. I need to see more for this run defense to be confident in this run defense. Oh, yeah, I, know, for, I agree. I, I know we're talking about like, you know, how good the pass rush was and the defense. I still need to see more. Like I, I think Dalvin Cook averaged like six yards to carry something. They, they weren't running the ball. They got down so early. Um, you got Saquon Barkley coming up, and I and you know what? That might be a good uh litmus test. And and he got shut down this week too. Barkley did. And so um of everything, I, and and like you know, you mentioned at the beginning all the things that like this is the perfect game. I'm with you. Very impressive. I still need to see more from the run defense. Okay, I agree with you, and this is where I was kind of my point earlier about like how starting kind of doesn't matter, but it does. The best way to hide or help this run defense is to go get ahead by a lot, and 
That's why if you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, here's Zeke on drive one and Zeke's definitely going to be on drive three. Like, I don't need to worry about that. I need to maximize my first three or four drives of the game. Now, obviously, every game's not going to be like that. Rescore the first seven drives, right? It's not going to be like that. But if you're maximizing your drives early and you're getting ahead, there's a better chance you're hiding the run defense. Hey, you want but, you want to know you know you want to know who wanted to do that? The Minnesota Vikings win the toss, yeah. take the ball. Yep. They wanted to get out and get a lead. Third play in, sack fumble. Quarterbacks messed up for the rest of the game. Wild. It's the that, game wrecker is back. It's that swipe game by, by Micah for the ball. Yeah. You know, it's like he didn't just go for the sack. He went for the ball, get the ball out. Big turnover in their zone. Go back, put some points on the board, get some momentum in your direction. It was uh, pretty wild is- being in the stadium when that happened, too, because Kirk's not seeing him because he's flushing out of the pocket. He might mm-hmm. know he's behind him, doesn't know where he's at. And it, you just hear this, like, because this is an open-air press box, which I absolutely love. And you can just hear this roar, which was a combo of all the Cowboys fans here going nuts, like, he's gonna, he, you know, Micah's going to get him. And then all your Vikings fans, like, Oh, oh no. my God, throw the ball. <laughs> like, crap. like, yeah, like the, <laughs> the, the closing speed is so quick that you're just like, there's no way he's getting to the edge. Just get rid of the ball. And then, you know, your worst fears happen because not only does he get the sack, but then he, you know, he loses the ball. Okay. A couple of maintenance things. It was good to see yes. Neville Gallimore show up, uh, Neville Gallimore, sorry, show up in the fourth quarter in garbage time. But right. like, hey, okay, there's a play here and a play there. Okay. That's good. Uh, the other thing, Jason Peters comes into left tackle. Tyler Smith slides over to left guard. Got my head thinking about Tyron a little bit. Yep, yep. Uh, that's the plan, clearly. They've telegraphed yep. their plan. We're thinking probably after Thanksgiving Day game, maybe Tyron's back? Maybe maybe Tyron comes in with an Odell-Platter combo deal. You never know. <laughs> you never know. No, but you're right. I'm glad you pointed it out because that was for, for a part of the game where I think a lot of people, well, heck, I know the national CBS tuned out and put on Steelers Bengals. But for most people, you're like, ah, what, what do I really care about this? That was very interesting to see that. And then also to hear Mike uh, McCarthy say last week that they're just going with Jason Peters at left tackle. That was another thing that, that kind of told me, okay, well then Tyler Smith is going back to left guard whenever Tyron Smith is ready. And then Jason Peters is going to be your swing tackle backup left tackle. And that's where they're going. No more experimenting with Jason Peters moving into guard and doing those different things. It's clearly that they want him to, to, to be that left tackle, at least that backup left tackle, depending on what Tyron Smith can do. All right. We'll, uh, we'll come back uh, later uh, in the week. I guess uh, we got a short week, so I guess probably Tuesday. Uh, get you ready for the Giants. Um, for sure. And, and all that good stuff. Any closing thoughts from Minnesota, John, at the stadium yeah. that's uh, – what's the name of that stadium? U.S. Bank? <laughs> U.S. Bank, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just stunned. I'm, I'm just very, very surprised. I mean uh, – I did not think the Vikings were on the same level as as the Bills or you know the Eagles or the Chiefs, but I thought that they were one of the better teams in the NFC. And so, just to come out of here with a win, if you're the Cowboys, you'd have to be pleased with that. To do that and to send that type of statement, uh, coming off of how disappointed they were in Green Bay, um, I just never saw this coming. I never would have expected that it would have been to this level. I, I just, I, I certainly thought I, I thought the Vikings would have at least a run in them at some point. And that never happened. And just, I mean, forget the final score. Just if you told me that they were going to score on their first seven possessions and they weren't going to punt until there was, I think, four minutes left in the third quarter uh, to tell me that Brett Maher is going to kick back-to-back 60-yard field goals, um, you know, just 
there's just so many things that happened in this game that just kind of steamrolled in a direction that uh, you know what it's capable of, but after you see the way that they've been playing recently, you just you didn't you didn't expect it in this game, and and they they definitely set the tone and sent a message today to the rest of the league. Okay, you said forget the final score. Then I'm going to forget the final score of last week when they beat the Bills because the Bills were about to put them in a coffin, and Josh Allen threw it to a purple jersey. So true. Okay. I mean the the, the Bills, Cowboys, and Eagles all were at. Well, the Bills never got there. We're on the verge of being up three scores on the Vikings. I'm just saying they're well, fine. To me, hey, to they're me, the good. Bills, right. And to me, the Bills and the Chiefs are the class of the NFL. I put them above the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles could certainly be there. I'm not saying that they don't, they can't achieve that. But I just think that those are the two teams that you're, you're like, okay, I feel pretty confident one of those two teams is going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And I just feel like if Micah Parsons plays the way he did today, they got a great chance against either of those teams because he's just gonna he keeps you in games even if even if your offense is yeah. is is sputtering a little bit when he's wrecking games with plays like that and he's motivated like that like it would be if you played them teams in in the Super Bowl uh, I just I don't I don't I think they have a chance against anybody if 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 he's that dialed in and also healthy I'm gonna be putting him in at the end of game, you know games already being wrapped up and the guy's got a knee injury but uh, they survived that but I think they can. That's the, my biggest difference. You know, people talk about when the Cowboys do something well, like, well, when's the last time this has happened? And I do it myself. And a lot of times it goes back to 2014 and 2016. But the biggest difference for me with this team between those, is they just didn't, those teams did not have a defender like Micah Parsons, just a game wrecker, uh, game changer like that. They just didn't. And they haven't had one since DeMarcus Ware. Uh, and it's, it, it, he showed you today the difference that he can make. Yeah. 2014 needed Jeremy Mincy to lead the team in sacks. Rolando McClain. 2016 needed some Benson Mayoa. You know what I'm yeah. saying? This is yeah. different. Way different. So different and so awesome. Uh, so I'll let you get some closing thoughts, and then we'll get on out of here, and we'll uh, do this again in a, in a few days. Yeah, just a couple of quick things. I think, you know, for me, uh, Dorrance Armstrong uh, had, a, had a pretty good game, and so, I, yeah. uh, you know, he continues to – continue to, to play really well. And I think Dan Quinn in general, I think when I looked at just like, you know, the seven sacks, I think Mike had a couple, Dorrance had a couple, then you had J. Ron Kirst that got one as well. Um, Fowler, Demarcus Lawrence. I think Dan Quinn's game plan was was just really good. And and so I think defensively, defense was the story of the game along with Tony Pollard. And, and I think those, those two things were just uh, worth noting. Was, KT, uh, thoughts, concerns? Oh, I killed him. I mean, I got nothing else. I mean, uh, <laughs> at what point did from, you think the game was over? Uh, 20 to three. Really? Okay. Yeah. Even without the, the field goal didn't change much for me. Okay. I mean, when it's, it's actually the whole sequence where Minnesota is like, Hey, let's start taking some timeouts and save a little time. And I'm like, you guys haven't moved the ball yet today. So hey, what about after the Micah sack? And they only get three instead of getting seven there. Do you think that might have come back and haunt them? Because I asked Jerry about that after the game, and that's what Jerry said. He said he was a little nervous. They only got three at that point. Uh, I was mad that they didn't go for it on fourth and three. Inside the yeah. ten there. What are we doing? We just yeah. got a sack. I was I was trying to Romo said the same him. thing about Micah, like, oh, if he wants to play, he's gonna go he's gonna play. Like, why can't you just tell Micah, like, hey man, you're not Let playing. Me- Sit your ass. Yeah, I'm, I'm just using this. Sit your ass on the bench. Like what? Right. What is this? I, they did this. I'm just using this example because he, it's the same head coach. He wants a sack record. I know. I understand that. But like, can't you? They did that. Coaches don't have authority over these guys. It's they ridiculous. did that with Clay Matthews back in the day, and now would just be like, 
And this is like after he would get hurt a lot, too. He's like, he oh, knows yeah. he's going to get hurt. Why is he in a game up by 28? I don't understand. Yeah. We Jason have Whitten. other players. You tell Witten to come out. That's what Garrett used to say. It's like, well, you I, tell him. You're okay. the coach. <laughs> you know what? I think I could have the words to have an irrational conversation to say yeah. why it's important. Yes. It shouldn't to, be that We have a game difficult. on Thursday, and this game doesn't matter anymore. Oh, my God. Okay. Good All job, right. everyone. Good job. Good job. Thanksgiving Day game coming up. We're going to get you ready for that in a couple of days on About Them Cowboys. So tell your friends to lock it in to About Them Cowboys. As Kent fires up the intro music. Kent, our producer, Kent Pearson. Father John at U.S. Bank. Make sure you go read his work. He's listening to it. He's in the. He's, he's enjoying driven. it. <laughs> and for Saad Yusuf and the. I think contending Dallas Stars. I think the Stars and the Cowboys are our contenders this year. Um, I'd say so. <laughs> I'm KT. We'll see you later in the week. Get you ready for the Giants. They're not that good. We'll get you ready for it. That's next uh, on About Them Cowboys. Bye, everyone. Good job. Good job, Cowboys. Good job. Wow. Told them I got a birthday coming up here real quick. <laughs> I don't have time to have a bad time. (laughs) It ain't on my schedule.